Hey everybody, and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. Hopefully nothing seemed out of the ordinary during last week's episode, but in reality, that short little episode took over 7 hours to record due to a bunch of technical difficulties. I've said it before and I'll say it again because it's more timely than ever, but I would not be able to continue on the podcast without the kind support of my sponsors, Goliath Technologies and Liquidware. If you appreciate the show each week, feel free to tweet or contact Goliath and Liquidware to thank them because I'd likely have just shut it down last week and not produced an episode without their support. And while I'm at it, thank you guys so much for listening every week. If there was no audience, I'm not sure I'd be doing it either. And now for some news. The Verge have reported that Asus just patched the Shadowhammer malware, which was masking itself as a security update. Asus have issued their own genuine security update to patch the malware. You can download it using their live update tool. Asus have also made a security diagnostic tool available that allows you to run as a scan on your machine to see if you've been affected. The report states that both Kaspersky and Symantec have said they identified the malware in at least tens of thousands of cases. So definitely check to see if you're affected and if you are, patch right away. And even if you're not affected, patch anyway if you're using Asus to be proactive. Microsoft posted an article highlighting new features for SCCM in version 1902. New features include the addition of the Office 365 Upgrade Readiness Tool. If you're not familiar with the readiness tools, they can be very useful when attempting a migration. In the case of the Office 365 tool, it can help you keep on top of Office 365 migrations, deployments, and upgrades. The preview shows a section for querying Office add-ins that are in use and displaying them in a nice, easy-to-read chart, which is pretty handy. This version also contains updates for Software Center, including a new full dialog option for reboot prompts, rather than just the usual toast notification. The toast notifications go away, whereas these full notifications are more intrusive. There are also some improvements to the application request approval process. You'll also now be able to associate the cloud management gateway with boundary groups and stop the cloud service when it exceeds a set threshold automatically. There are now extra PowerShell options like setting a timeout in the SCCM task sequences menu, as well as a new client health dashboard and much more. For full details, check out the blog post for yourself. I'll include a link with this episode, which is episode 65, under reference links on 5bytespodcast.com or in the YouTube description. Before I move away, thank you to Mike who emailed me with some feedback on that. I will look into improving the references links and how they display on mobile and also look at how I can provide the links in more platforms than just through my site and on YouTube. F5 have launched a cloud service on AWS Marketplace. Right now, there's a cloud-based secondary authoritative DNS service that's available, and soon there will be a DNS load balancer cloud service too. Obviously, F5 have a pretty decent market share in enterprise IT on-premises. It'll be interesting to see if this extends now to these new cloud services. A cloud-based DNS load balancer makes a lot of sense. Michael Coxon of Durham University shared a pretty cool picture online this week 
showing himself accessing his SaaS applications from the Dash console of his Range Rover. He achieved this by accessing them through Software 2 Apps Anywhere. And this is really a bad segue into a shameless plug. I hope to speak at the EUC Masters Retreat on the weekend of May 3rd, 4th, 5th in Scottsdale, Arizona on the topic of Software 2 Apps Anywhere. Bryform is no more. E2EVC no longer holds events in the U.S. The EUC Masters Retreat is the premier independent tech conference in the United States, in my opinion. You won't want to miss it. Sign up today and I'll see you there. On the topic of EUC Masters Retreat, one of the regular attendees and speakers, former CEO of FSLogix Kevin Goodman, posted an article on BrianMadden.com this week, giving some of his thoughts and insights into Windows Virtual Desktop. Kevin has been a great friend to the community. I've had the pleasure of attending multiple conferences and events, not just the Masters Retreat, in which he spoke on a variety of different non-FSLogix topics. He's a really great big picture thinker with a wealth of knowledge and experience in the industry, so it's interesting to see him theorize on whether or not the world needs another remote desktop solution, what Microsoft's endgame might be, and more. I don't want to give away any of the article. I believe it might be his first article for BrianMadden.com. So I'm sure he'd appreciate and they'd appreciate the traffic if you want to go read it for yourself. And I encourage you all to check it out. And Kevin, enjoy your quote-unquote retirement. A new security tool called Anvil, which is a ransomware and malware file protection technology built around the premise of locking down folder access, has been released. By the sounds of things, this product is different from others in that it will take protections at a folder level blocking against encryption attempts, which obviously are key in all ransomware. And something like this would have saved a lot of asses during the WannaCry attacks. The primary and most basic feature is Anvil's rule-based technology. This is modeled on an old-school firewall using cascading rules to either allow or deny access to target folders for a given application or applications. For early access users, the pricing is pretty reasonable. Premium licenses cost $1.50 a month or $18 a year. Premium licenses for existing drive bender extender users is $1 a month or $12 a year. For comparison, the standard non-early access licenses will cost only $2 a month. So there is a savings by being an early access user, but even so, it doesn't look like it's going to cost all that much long term. Early access is limited though, so you'll want to register right away to avoid missing out if this interests you. Sophos Naked Security posted a story about a sacked IT guy who took down 23 of his ex-employer's AWS servers. 36-year-old Stefan Needham of Bury, Greater Manchester was jailed for two years at Reading Crown Court following a nine-day trial. Needham pleaded not guilty to two charges of the Computer Misuse Act one count of unauthorized access to computer material and one count of unauthorized modification of computer material, but was convicted in January 2019. A few days after his firing, he used the stolen login credentials to get into the computer account of a former colleague and then began fiddling with the account settings. And next, he began deleting the company's AWS servers. The company lost big contracts with transport companies as a result. Police say the wreckage caused an estimated loss of 500,000 pounds sterling. The company reportedly 
was never able to claw back the deleted data, and it took months to track down the culprit. The article, as you might assume, coming from a security company like Sophos, suggests steps that could have been taken to prevent this from happening, like the use of MFA. To learn how to protect your company from this type of thing, check out the article for yourself. On the topic of MFA, community rock star Jason Samuel posted an excellent article on how to set up the new built-in MFA capability in Citrix Cloud Workspace. This easily could have been a tip of the week, but it fit so nicely right after this last story that I put it here instead. The article makes it look super easy, but I'm sure it's just because Jason did all the work figuring it out for the rest of us. Thanks, Jason. And on the topic of Citrix Community Rockstars, some of the champions of the Citrix community have come together to offer a unique opportunity for anyone interested. Howell Technology Group has volunteered to broker a deal to provide a Citrix Cloud shared tenancy for use by the community. For many, they have no way to actually try to get experience with Citrix Cloud. If your company has not signed up for it, you can't as an individual just go out and pay as you play. So kudos to all involved and to HTG for using their position to help the community out in this way. While details on how much it's going to cost individuals who want to sign up are not readily available, I believe it's going to be in the ballpark of about 300 pounds sterling for the year. But don't hold me or them to that because I'm not entirely sure. If you'd be interested in finding out costing for this or putting your name down, for sure register now because spots are limited. I believe they've already got over 70 signups and they're limited to about 100. This is a very rare opportunity. If you want to advance your own skill set, if you want to learn a little bit about desktop as a service and SaaS running on Citrix Cloud in Azure, you should grab this with both hands. Registrations will open at 9 a.m. BST on Friday, March 29th. Another week and another great article by ICT-R. Three articles, in fact. First up, an article using their usual comprehensive performance analysis. They answered the questions on whether or not to use an ad blocker in VDI. One type of blocking in particular had a higher transmit rate than others. To see the impact of ad blocking and for guidance on what type of ad blocking makes most sense for VDI, check out this article. In another article, they display what may be the most dramatic results of any of their performance analysis that I have read. It's on performance by Citrix VDA versions, comparing version 715CU2, CU3, version 718, version 1808.2, and version 1811.1. The HDX performance improvements through versions is particularly impressive. As somebody lingering on LTSR right now, I have some envy for those on the latest and greatest based on these results. And finally, the last article to talk about is a current look at browser performance comparing IE, Edge, Firefox, and Chrome. This one confirms with actual data a lot of the assumptions about Chrome. People probably won't want to accept some of the conclusions drawn in the article, but it's hard to argue with the figures. I'll share these articles in resource links for this episode. And now this episode's hot job. David Gaunt this week posted a job opportunity. Nutanix are hiring an EUC specialist based in the UK. 
This involves genius level knowledge on Citrix, Horizon, Frame, PC Anywhere, which I think is an odd one to include, and VNC. David does qualify that the last two are not as important or relevant for the role as Citrix, Horizon, and Frame. If you think you're up to the challenge and this sounds exciting to you, you can reach out to David on Twitter and I'll share a link to the tweet so you can follow him and try to DM him and get in contact with him. And now this episode's weekly webinar. This week, I've actually got two webinars to recommend. First up, the Virtual Expo, which is a series of webinar sessions by some of the best and brightest in the industry. It's set for Friday, March 29th at 7 a.m. Eastern. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, it's either too late and it's over, or if you're listening to it right away, it could be starting in a few hours or is already underway. It's an all-day series of webinars, so even if it's underway, you may be able to still attend some of the sessions. And the topics will include performance tuning for Windows 10 for Citrix virtual apps and desktops, several sessions on Windows virtual desktop, there's a great session by Dave Brett on multi-site best practices, there's a session on 20 life hacks of application packaging, and much more. The other webinar that I wanted to mention takes place on April 2nd, but it's just one in what's going to be a series of regular 30-minute webinars on specific Azure topics that people can go and do straight away without spending hours watching an online course. If you're a fan of the short-form nature of this podcast, you'll surely be a fan of this webinar series. It's being hosted by my buddy David O'Brien, who's one of the sharpest techies out there. Sign up and register today so you don't miss out. And now for this episode's scripts, tricks, and tips. This one is short, but it's a goodie. Andrew Jimenez shared a reg file that creates a Windows extension that provides a right-click option to view get WIM info. So if you work in desktop imaging and you work with WIMs pretty regularly or WIM files, you can take this registry file merge it onto your system. It's going to call some PowerShell that when you right click on a WIM file and click on the get WIM info option, you'll display a lot of the metadata so you won't have to go snooping around and searching for it. It's right there with simple clicks. And that's it for another week. Thank you guys so much for listening.